Welcome to Leveraged Lifestyle, the podcast that shares with you the mindset and skill set it takes for you to create your ideal leveraged lifestyle, whatever that might look like for you. Please welcome your host, entrepreneur, world record holder and globetrotter, Catherine Turner. Hi there and welcome to this episode of Leveraged Lifestyle where I'm going back into the archives to bring you one of the most downloaded episodes that we've done over the last two years. And that is my interview with my good friend, Emma Dalton, who basically quit on a bit of a whim her corporate London job and created the freedom and lifestyle she wanted through creating an eBay business and then an Etsy online e-commerce business. So I've taken this interview that we did now a couple of years ago and I've basically taken all the best bits and clips from it and brought you what I think like I said is the very best from it. Now of course you can go back and listen to the full episode if you want to but I would recommend starting here see what you like uh, get lots of great nuggets and information we cover everything from what drives you as a business person um the setting up uh, of this eBay business and basically any kind of new business, uh, managing that risk, the numbers to focus on, uh, how she started out with just £50 in her pocket uh, and really just kind of all the rules and criteria she uses for her business, how she's gone from them, uh, you know, starting this off as uh, essentially more like a side hustle business and then going down to just three days a week, but then tripling her income and how she did that. Uh, Lots of great advice in there, lots of tips and tricks. And like I said, if you want to go and follow Emma on what she does, you can find her on Instagram at Emma Jane D. That is E-M-M-A-J-A-Y-N-E-D-double-E. And as I say, if you really like this episode, then share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag myself and Emma in. It's all about sharing the love after all. And we jump straight in at the day Emma quit and what that moment was like for her and then how she built her eBay business from there. I hope you enjoy. This is my interview with Emma Dalton. Yeah, okay. Well, I used to be a quantity surveyor mm-hmm. and then I did transition into project manager just before I, well, not just before I left, but about a year before I left yeah. for a built asset consultancy in London. Yeah. It's like one of the top firms. Um, yeah, I... I didn't hate my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, you know, it was a it was a good job. There were lots of elements of it that challenged me and I did enjoy. I think, and there was no um there was no massive moment mm-hmm. specifically. I mean, you know the story. I literally went in one Tuesday of May. It was in May, I can't remember the exact date. I know you give the date of your when you quit, <laughs> but I can't remember. I think I've blocked it out. Um And in the morning, I didn't even know I was going to quit. I literally was having a conference call on a project and it was, you know, a million pound plus project. And I think we spoke about pen holders for about 20 minutes. Pen holders. Yeah. And I was like, I like it was to do with a fit out. I mean, it wasn't completely unrelated, (laughs) but I mean, you know, you think I just got to the point where I was like, I will pay for the pen holders. Can we just move? And I I just came away going, I don't care enough. I just don't care enough. And I Mm. remember... I'm having a conversation with my line manager maybe a few months before that mm-hmm. where um, I said to her, I quoted um, the uh, quote by Einstein. I think it was Einstein. I do throw quotes in everywhere, so I could be wrong. <laughs> and it's, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will always think it's stupid. Yep. I, I might have. 
I might have um, paraphrased slightly. Do you know what? We'll find that quote and we'll make sure like we've got it. But Perfect. it's definitely Einstein, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I think... I just, that was me. I was like, I've never, you know, I've kind of been relatively successful at school and, mm-hmm. you know, work and generally. And I was just starting to feel really incompetent. And I knew I wasn't giving my oil, oil, <laughs> all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it just, it all kind of came to a head. And that afternoon I handed in my notice wow. and quit. I then rang my partner of the time <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've just quit my job. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> we didn't live together. I mean, you know, so our lives weren't yeah. massively interlinked in that sense. Yeah. Um, but he certainly, you know, he was at uni. He'd sort of later <laughs> in life decided to go back and study. So he wasn't in a position to support me. Yeah. Um, and his response, which was great. He was like, well, let's just go to Italy for the summer. <laughs> I, I mean, I had no plan. Like mm. I hadn't, I, cause I didn't know I was going to do it. I hadn't set up any sort of other income or side hustle or any of that to yeah. allow for it. So, um, yeah, I answered all your question. I feel like, did I? No, it's brilliant. And <laughs> like, there's a certain level, you know, people might go, that's kind of crazy and mm. stupid. Or people might go, oh, it's like crazy brave and like, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, a bit of both probably, I'm sure. <laughs> but so did you have to work out a notice period or how did, like, what happened then next? Yeah, so I had... Um, I think I had five. I mean, I think I only owed four weeks, but I think we agreed like we'll do five weeks because it took it to a nice number. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that gave me that I would get a full month's sort of wage on top once I ended, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then I basically started. I knew I was going to Italy for the summer. Yes. And in that time, I was like, right, I've got a month now to get a bit of a plan, like very quick, yeah. plan, not a lifelong plan, let's say. But I think I was like, right, I'm going to take the summer in Italy mm-hmm. to come up with an actual plan for how I'm going to earn money long term. Yeah. But in the short term, I need to come up with a plan to make sure I have enough money for Italy. Yes. <laughs> so there are two two sides to it. Yeah. I mean, Italy was actually a really useful tool because I live in London. Well, I lived in London at the time. And um, yeah, it kind of meant actually I could get someone to rent where I was staying for a short-term let. Yeah. And therefore I actually got rid of that expense for that period. So yeah. it, it might seem frivolous. Like, oh, I'm just going to jet off on holiday. <laughs> I've quit my job. But it was more actually that saves me some money. It buys me a bit of time. Mm. And I get to spend time in Italy, which is, you know, never a bad thing. Always a bonus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, so that's what happened. And then in order to save some money for Italy... I actually, this was very before I even considered eBay as a business, went through and I was like, right, declutter. Cool. And it was kind of driven from the fact I was about to rent out where I lived. Yeah. So I was like, I need to minimise what I own. Yeah. So I sold lots of stuff, earned some money that way. Um, I think that's all I did. I can't even remember now. I think that's pretty much it. I had another salary that was coming in. So I did have another month's salary to kind of cover me. Um, Yeah. So then that happened. And then obviously I went away for the summer and that's when some more ideas started rolling. None of them at that point were eBay though. Cool. So yeah, what was what was the setup of eBay then? How did that kind of come about? Was there a Google search of like how to make some money online or pretty much? Pretty much yeah. <laughs> it was I didn't have, you know, a lot of money to invest in a business. Mm. I had listened to your Amazon um idea. And I think that sort of resonated with me yeah. as a concept. But I think I did have a fear of outlay and it was all very new still to me that the idea of it and I think eBay when I came across that as a idea because I do eBay arbitrage which 
it's sort of reselling, like buying and then reselling individual. It's not wholesale or anything like that. Yeah. So it's not like, just to clarify, because yeah. people asking in our community, so it's not drop shipping. It's not your own products. You're getting products at a cheaper amount, essentially. Yeah. Um, obviously, listing them, giving them a, a higher value to it. Yeah. Um, so people don't have to go and get it themselves. And exactly. that makes it nice and easy. And then you earn your profit on top, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was going with this before that. But yeah, I think it just seemed like a slightly safer option yeah. with like less outlay. And it just seemed more familiar. I guess I'd, I'd sold on eBay previously, as most yeah. people have, you know, personally. So it didn't, it didn't feel so scary. So whilst yeah. it might seem like, oh, you're, you know, you don't mind risk. You just jumped out of a job. You yeah. know, there is still, I do still have risk. I am still risk averse in some instances. Yeah. But I think I do have this overriding notion that things will work out. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you really, you know, if you try hard enough or, you know, you're backed into a corner, essentially, yeah. you know, you'll figure out a way to make it work. So um, you said obviously you're not, Risk vest. Now, I know you're quite similar to my husband in the sense that you love a spreadsheet. Oh, I do love a spreadsheet. So Can't be a quantity surveyor without loving a spreadsheet. Well, there we go. <laughs> so um, so I suppose that's another thing, actually. We'll, kind of, we'll circle back to where I was going to go. Yeah. Um, but I always think you take stuff from your job or what you've learned in life so far, and you can use that to apply to a business. I think so many people think it's like it's one or the other, mm-hmm. but actually there is definitely a belief in me and a lot of entrepreneurs that I have met or business people that I've met that you take everything you've learned up to that time percent, and you can put that into a new business. And yeah. Things. So, so no, definitely. I, I have been asked a few times, like, Oh, do you wish, do you wish you hadn't gone and done that? You know, you hadn't yeah. got a degree, you hadn't got debt and you hadn't gone and been a quantity surveyor. I was like, no, firstly, I did enjoy my time. Maybe not the job, yeah. But the social element, I loved. Bit of free bar at work. You know, I go on about this free bar all the time. That's the only thing about working for yourself. You've got to pay for these bars now. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, but, oh, my God, so much I take from it. So much of the business side, mm. like, I wouldn't have had a clue about, like, setting goals, like, even just, you know, smart goals. Like, I wouldn't yeah. have known about that as a concept. And, yeah, I, I you know, I that is invaluable to what I'm doing mm. now. And I 100% acknowledge that. I would never take that away or think it yeah. was wasted time. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, that's cool. So back to spreadsheets. Are there <laughs> any particular kind of numbers within your business that you focus on that you would suggest to our listeners? Like, if you know these numbers in your business, you're going to do okay. Like, there's some basics that you need to know. Um, definitely turnover and profit margin. Mm-hmm. Like, in my, I follow or I'm linked in a sort of, eBay community of people who do similar um, jobs, businesses. Yeah. And a lot of the time speak is of turnover. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, turnover is great and it is important and cash is king and I'm not taken away from that. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, without the side of the profit margin side and that, it's not anything really. Yeah. You know, like turnover can still be lost, like yes. massively. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't yeah, represent yeah. anything. So definitely like profit margin. Yeah. Um, sort of growth. I, I like my growth month on month, quarterly, mm-hmm. that side of it. Yeah. Um, but I'm quite simple. I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like people always talk about low, I, I sound, may, again, maybe I'm against the curve, but like lots of numbers and mm-hmm. I feel like things get overcomplicated. Yeah. And I really feel like I need to be making a certain amount mm-hmm. a month. I want it to grow by this amount every month. Yeah. And that's kind of, like I know maybe I'm being really that's again where I sometimes feel like I'm out of sync with the entrepreneur community or Mm. I feel like I'm not very I'm not business minded but I'm not bothered with yeah I think it's something people put too much 
oh, what, do you know this number? Do you know that number? Do you know? I was like, mm, I do, or I can look it up, or you know, I've got yeah. a spreadsheet that will tell me it very quickly. Yes. <laughs> but actually, the fundamentals are: am I making the profit I want now, and is that profit growing like every period that goes up? Mm-hmm. And that's they're the numbers I focus on. That's cool. So. An episode I did recently was actually um, inspired by some of the questions that the community were putting forward for this interview we're doing now was, so it's episode 29 and it's about the number you need to know if you are thinking about quitting your job. Now, obviously you didn't necessarily do that. <laughs> I did not <laughs> do that. <laughs> um, but it's equally, it is that basic number of how much you need to live on yeah. each month. Like actually, actually, rather than the figure that you have um, always had from say your yeah. your uh, corporate job um, and thinking that you need to replace exactly that mm-hmm. before you could leave the job or, uh, you know, to be safe and comfortable and all that sort of thing. So I appreciate you didn't necessarily do that exercise beforehand, but was there a point where you're like, okay, what do I actually need to get from this business um, to feel like one, I'm covering all my bills yeah, um, for sure, but actually then get into a point to like, enjoying life again that it's beyond just bills yeah no definitely i mean definitely it was a not i did come to that number quite quickly it was over well it probably wasn't over the summer because actually when i came back from italy that's when me and my partner at the time actually moved in together yeah which did reduce my um my sort of outgoings um I mean, do you know what? If I'm honest, I probably didn't do a sit down evaluation. Mm -hmm. I think it was more of a mental. Yeah. um, I know I can probably half what I was earning and live comfortably. Yeah. Um, And that's still with, you know, going out occasionally, etc. So, yeah, I I mean, I think I did a rough calculation. I wouldn't say I was ever. And I I mean, I do recommend doing it because I listened to that podcast. Okay. And I found it super useful because I know you mentioned about business and applying it to your business, which I actually do really want to do. And I want to do that in a more structured way. Yeah. So I do think, again, I was sort of flying by the seat of my pants (laughs) kind of (laughs) attitude, which I don't recommend, but it it kind of got me to where I was. And I do sometimes wonder if I had planned too much, whether I'd planned myself out of doing it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like knowing my character and i know like it's completely different for everybody so you know you need to know your own character well enough i think yes um but yeah i did i did a sort of rough calculation but nothing formal yeah i think um it's a good point there and something that uh again i kind of looked at when i was doing that episode and thinking about you know some people are going to be like really regimented and want to know that number down to the last penny mm. but other people are like well as long as i'm bringing in roughly about that much i'll be okay yeah. and i'll get through it and i think like you say there's sometimes like people call it like analysis paralysis mm. like actually you can figure like work too much on the number and actually like you said it may actually stop you yeah. or you might not get there as quickly because you've just panicked yourself some, yeah. in some ways um and actually if you just go for it yeah um, you can't go too, too wrong sort of thing. Exactly. Sorry, carry on. No, it's, especially you mentioned this particular, so with the eBay reselling, the amount of money needed to get into it wasn't a crazy amount. You didn't have to shell out loads of money. So can we get into a few of the more specifics for our listeners? Um, what, how much I started with? Yeah, that would be really good. And kind of, yeah, what, what you needed to sort of start. Well, I, um, I started, I think, oh God. My brain is awful. <laughs> Genuinely, I want to say barely anything. I think my first, I went out and I shop, I tend to shop sort of online or in 
um, car boots or charity shops. Yeah. That's how I sort of source a lot of it because I sell uh, women's fashion clothing, quite a lot of vintage pieces and unique pieces. That's kind of the brand. Yeah. Um, and I think I literally went out with £50. Pounds. Wow. And I was like, let's see, because again, it's brand new. I didn't want to go yeah. out. I think some people are like, I want to do this and I'm going to go and spend lots of money. But that, again, that's where my sort of appetite for risk maybe was a little bit reined back mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't confident. This isn't something I'd done before. So I didn't want to go into it, you know, completely head first. Yeah. Um, so I went out with £50. Pounds. I don't, I had nothing like, <laughs> I had nothing. <laughs> Sounds dramatic. Um, you know, I didn't have anything special. I didn't have any photographic equipment or mm-hmm. anything like that. It was, I used my phone. I used the floor or a hanger to like lay it flat or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, I made sure I did it in good daylight. I had a conservatory, so that was helpful. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there really was nothing initially. I mean, I have, you know, I have more equipment now. I have like yeah. photography. I mean, I still only use my camera on my phone. There we go. <laughs> They're too good. I'm not, I'm not paying out. There you go. The other ones are too complicated. I can't figure out how to use them. <laughs> I can click a button on my phone. That's it. Um, but yeah, like to start out, that's why I think, it, I think it's such an attractive option to people who do like a side hustle. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I really am trying to make, well, trying, it is a business and I think it's one that can grow and is scalable to quite a good level. Yeah. But I also do think it, you know, maybe where Amazon is a little bit scarier to people if yeah. they only do want a side hustle. Yes. Or, you know, you have no sort of idea of that or anything. Yeah. It can seem a little bit more intimidating, I think. Yeah. Whereas I think eBay isn't that. And it, mm-hmm. it definitely, you know, there's a lot. You can only reinvest once you've sold the items you've got. So you're never touching new money, you know, yeah. if you don't need to grow it super quickly. I don't know. I just think there really is like such a low outlay on it. Yeah. I'm such so- an advocate for that. I suppose the lesson that I want to get across to the listeners as well, um, and I'm sure this is kind of your sentiment, that you can just start, choose an amount of money that is acceptable mm-hmm. and go with it and just try something, right? Definitely. Like, I think just start is probably like one of my, I think it's a bit of advice I give so often to people. I mean, yeah. not in a, a bigger idea, you know, just start, you know, going to spend a hundred grand. <laughs> but on this, definitely yeah. like, People ask me so many questions of like, well, how do you do this? I'm like, just go and do. I actually say to people a lot, go and declutter, mm-hmm. but treat it as a business. Yes. So do everything as if you're going to do it. Yeah. You know, like if, if you want to sell women's clothing, go to your wardrobe, actively declutter that. Yeah. Use that as a learning opportunity. You'll learn the process of how you list, how you take photographs, yeah. you know, how you're going to pricing do you want to use auctions do you want to use buy it now yeah it's like a good way to feel and that's no risk that's just you know earning because it's stuff you already own yeah so that's a really good but just do it like yeah you can't learn you can learn only so much until you go and actually do the thing in practice and that's you know that's just my biggest oh completely (laughs) completely i agree yeah are there any particular rules or criteria you stick by for your business obviously you've mentioned that now you've gone down this more uh quirky vintage um, women's fashion routes yeah. specifically. Um, is there any other rules, criteria that you stick by in your business, like a particular profit margin, anything like that that you think, again, would be yeah. useful to me? I mean, it's definitely developed mm-hmm. and it's, it's probably got to this point relatively recently. I would say I've tried a lot. I did try um, selling all different types of things mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, I don't want to go somewhere and know there's lots of profit in it and not sell it. Yes. Um, and I do still struggle with that sometimes. And if I see something with lots of profit, I probably will pick it up and I will sell it (laughs) because why wouldn't you? Um, but actually I was like, no, know your brand. Mm -hmm. This is what I enjoy. Like I quit my job in London because I didn't enjoy it. And when I started having to go and source things that 
I didn't enjoy as much. Mm. It kind of was starting to get back to that. It felt a bit more sort of of a chore to do it. Yeah. So I definitely now have focused purely on the um, sort of women's fashion. And yes, now because the nature of what I do being arbitrage, which isn't wholesale, so it's not like you list something once and then, you know, thousands of the same things will sell from it. Mm -hmm. It is a you list, that sells. You list something else, that sells. Yeah. There has to be a good profit margin. And I I want the percentage to be at least 60%. Yep. Ideally 70%, yep. ideally more, but like yes. that range, 60 to 70. As a minimum, yep. Yeah, and I won't accept a value profit or I try not to accept a value profit less than £25. Got it, yep. Again, it's not always happening and it's it's kind of in the development stage, yep. but that's sort of making my work more efficient mm-hmm. um, because, you know, for the same tasks, I'm yep. getting more. Like when I started out, I was which was a learning curve. I was picking out things and, you know, maybe there'll be £5 profit in it. And some people have businesses completely based on that. Yeah. And they do earn, a, you know, a good amount. I'm not saying it's going to be a life-changing and they're going to move into a mansion. Yeah. But that for me. So it's definitely the percentage, but also in in line with it has to be actually that value as well because 60% could still be £5 on yes. a really cheap item. <laughs> yes, so the actual value of the profit is yes. important to me as well. How do you make ebay work for you in terms of leveraging in terms of maximizing your time again is there any tips and tricks you can share with our listeners that might also be applicable to other businesses about how you yeah no definitely um well, definitely i'm still sort of in the process of this i would say the last six months have been a massive turning sort of turning curve no, turning point turning point that's okay. all. <laughs> like learning curve turning point i'm just combining the two um so i think a really important thing is I've taken my personal life and now like that's been really cut down in terms of not personal life, but sort of activities, the so cleaning, mm-hmm. cooking, all the, all the things I'm not very good or enjoy. <laughs> they've sort of been cut out. Yeah. So like when I do have my own time, yeah. it's all for me. Yeah. So that's nice. But I think we've spoken about this offline <laughs> where I've taken down my business to three days a week for yes. eBay. And in that time, I've also increased my income by three times perfect (laughs) like both threes that's easy to remember um and that that is purely down to processes and that was a very conscious decision Mm -hmm. because i'm all about efficiency i love a bit of efficiency um so i think i kind of made a really conscious decision to sort of really focus on the processes for me to kind of leverage my time currently you know that allowed me the two days that now have allowed me to do the etsy um shop that i now do um but also with the sort of thought in mind that I know I want other people to come in and start doing this Mm -hmm. and I need a very structured sort of process in place for all elements of it yeah no I remember having a conversation with someone and they well I'm sure lots of people have said this it's not like new information but it really resonated with me and it was basically even when you're a small business plan as if you're a big business because sort of implementing strategies and processes once you're so much bigger mm. becomes such a mammoth task whereas if you do it small but then just follow them through yeah like it they're there like yeah. you don't have to do anything whereas if you try and kind of go back on yourself and do it all like that's just an absolute nightmare of a situation yeah. which i would not be good with <laughs> well and it's funny you bring up that um i have so many people who come to me uh who want to maybe work with us be mentored clients uh, do the life left online masterclass and they're like, yeah, but I don't think I'm ready yet. I'm like, this is the perfect time before you think you're ready. Because so many think, people think, oh, I'll, I'll do this once I've got the business up and running. Yeah. Once I'm in it, once it's going, once it's big enough, once I've got the income. Yeah. It's like, 
But by that time, like I said, it's going to be this huge mammoth task that actually if you start as you mean to go on, um, you know, like you say, act like you're a bigger business than you are when you're small. How much is that going to save you in time and, and money and effort? And just your mindset. You're, mm. you're prepping yourself for that. Like, it's. <laughs> I'm just going to throw quotes at you, unquote. <laughs> but, I don't know what this is from. I think it might be from a film. Um, but it's like, dress for the job you want. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Don't sort of sit there and wait till you're ready because you'll never feel ready. Mm -hmm. Like you, It's that sort of uncomfortable situation that then pushes you. Like, I think I've become really aware since being self-employed. I have a different term every time. Entrepreneur, business owner, <laughs> self-employed, yeah. whatever it is. Um, of actually what my values are. Like mm -hmm. I think, and there's nothing wrong with either, but I think you have to be really aware. Some people are driven by completely money. Like I'm driven by money. I'm not saying I'm not. But, you know, like they will genuinely love anything they do that earns them money. Like just yeah. being a business person is yeah. so motivational for them. And that's fantastic. There's mm -hmm. nothing against that. That's awesome. Some people are still driven by money and, you know, being in business is really motivational. But also they do have like real passions. And mm -hmm. I, I think doing Etsy, because that's me actually doing art prints or along those lines and kind of tapped into that sort of art side of me, the creative side. And I really, I don't know how to wear this, but it sort of, it really speaks to me. Like mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. There's something in that that I find so fulfilling. Yeah. Um, and again, it kind of just, I mean, it didn't come because I was like, I want to do something artsy. Yeah. It came because I, I have an idea. I think there's a market for it and yeah. I'm going to go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in doing that, I became really conscious of, oh, I, this is, I really enjoy this. Like, yeah. I sort of, how I structure my week, I have three days on eBay and then sort of two days towards the end and that'll become more Etsy and other things. Yeah. And I look forward to those two days so much yeah. because I like doing that side of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. Did I go off on a complete tangent? No, no. You're <laughs> saying like, what else are you going to pursue and things like that? So I think, um, again, you've brought up a good point. Funny enough, I did an episode on this as well oh, about the whole, is it for the money or is it for the passion? Yeah. Uh, and can you merge the two? Well, you're living proof that you can then. Mm -hmm. um, so I always say it's like most of us will have some sort of creative side. Yeah. And sometimes business, if it's all about the money or the structures or the process, feels like, well, where's the creativity? So then it's like, okay, how can you build a business that also speaks to your cre creative side? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, you know, you're proving it's working. Did you have the goal that you also wanted to increase the income whilst reducing your hours? Was that kind of in your mind or? Previously or going forward? Um, or so you talked about obviously three days and then it's three X the income. Yeah. Was that planned or yeah. as a result of becoming more efficient? It, both. It was planned. Yeah. I think it, I don't know. I, it was like, I wanted to go down to three days, maintaining, hopefully becoming more efficient. Yeah hence improving sales yeah i have also combined that with new strategies of like increasing my profit margins etc yeah. so you know there's a few sort of combining factors yeah but definitely it was the goal i think i actually in my head was a bit more like it would be great to double it like take it to three days and double it yeah but i kind of took it to three days and tripled it which was Fantastic. lovely yeah um but it was it was kind of that was not by accident because it was by design i was making it more efficient but yes. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it was so when you make it more efficient is, do you block tasks together? What's the thing that you've noticed that's made it more efficient? Yeah, <laughs> that was the definitely kind of, uh, task block. Yeah. I remember having this exact conversation with another eBay, um, a person who has an eBay business. Um, and we were talking, I was like, you have to block, you have to block activities. Like, <laughs> please just block them. <laughs> and she was like, no, I, I want to, I want to take one item and kind of do every element of it Ooh. in one go. Yeah. 
in her mind, she was like, it's just more satisfying because then I see like it's something from start to finish and it's live and it's active and it's on eBay. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. I get it as a, maybe as a motivator. Yeah. But as a business like concept, no, yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> like if you want to be efficient with your time, that's, yeah. you can't work that way. And, you know, getting 300 things on in a minute is also very motivational at the end of the process. Yes. It's just a slightly longer, you know, period of time to no. get that done. Um, yeah, I definitely block time together. I, I'm very, I am very structured now actually in how I do, even to sort of where I source mm-hmm. my items. Yeah. I have set routes. I have mm-hmm. precise times. I like when I'm going to go to all the places because I know like where is good to source now because it's something mm-hmm. I've learned. Yeah. It's not something I could have done straight away because yeah. it is from experience. Yes. Like knowing where I'm going to go. And so yeah, there's definitely blocking and there's definitely like very structured to every element of it. Yeah. But that is a learned thing. Like I, I would recommend still just go and do it. Yes. And then, you know, figure quickly out figure yeah. it out. Yeah. But don't think you need to have that structure before you even start. Yeah. If that makes sense. I remember <laughs> someone saying to me that when you kind of stop working for yourself or have businesses, mm. you will not be short of business ideas. You'll have ev- you'll have so many and a lot of good ones, a lot of genuinely viable mm. ones. And I think this goes back to the definitely definitely point yeah it's like genuinely like the hardest part of business is saying no to almost everything yeah like actually acknowledging like yeah. that or at least benching it maybe not no but a no yeah. for now yes i think that's so. the yeah clear thing i used to be very much like oh let's just say yes to every opportunity and see yeah. what see what happens but actually as soon as i started focusing and saying okay like say either no for now or no actually that's not what i want and many times i've even you know, kind of gone through the whole process of uh, listening everything out. Like, what would it mean? How many hours am I going to put on that? What's the return on my time yeah. into that as well? And I think when you figure out, actually, I could put my time into that thing and I'm going to get a better return on my invested time. Like, uh, talk about roti, uh, return on time invested, um, rather than this other thing that I'm supposed to do yeah. or that people are expecting of me no, that actually wouldn't align with where I want to go. Kind of a hallmark again of a lot of people I know, maybe it's just the people I know, um, <laughs> but they want to share some of that. They want to pass it on. Yeah. There's like, I've learned something. There's another way. And I want other people to know that if that's right for them, they can do it too. You know, well, that's a really key point as well. Like if it's right for them, I think when I, I've always, I've always had this desire to work for myself, although I call myself like an accidental entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, I remember, I don't even remember this when we were maybe 12 or 13 at school, we had um, like career advice mm-hmm. sessions. Yes. And we had to go and sit in this effectively a cupboard, which was an office and talk to someone. Um, and she was like, what do you want to do? And I remember saying, I want to be a hairdresser. And she was like, oh, no, your grades, you know, you're too, you're getting too good grades in maths and things. And I remember saying to her, I was like, I want to own a hairdresser's. I want to have it as my business. She was like, no, you need to go and do something else. It really annoyed me. <laughs> you know, I have a slight issue with um, education. Don't get the right ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like a 12. I'm like, oi. <laughs> Listen. Um, but no, and I, so I've always had that yeah. sort of in me. Yeah. And I think I want everyone to have the freedom, but I'm wrong. Like, I'm wrong with that because it's right for me. Yeah. And my ex-partner, he loved his job. I was so jealous. He worked. He was a programmer. He would jump out of bed in the morning Maybe. to go to work. He yeah. loved it. He would come home and he still want to work on it. It wasn't like he had to. Mm. And, you know, that's right as well. Like, yeah. don't feel. I think 
I know someone said to me on my Instagram, they're like, oh, I feel like sometimes I feel bad for not wanting to like mm. give up my job. Like, like, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you do what's right for you. I say it because it's what I'm doing. It's what I'm trying to motivate. Yes. But that's because hopefully, or hopefully, the people who watch me are sort of of that mindset. Yes. I don't want to go around to people who aren't of that mindset and be like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah. Because it's not it. Like, you have to, you have, to be, have good self-awareness. Yeah. And not... Well, I think someone I know, you know, tried to do it. And I think it's really easy to see sort of an entrepreneur entrepreneur <laughs> life and be like, oh, that's that's lovely. You know, mm-hmm. they just seem to be jet setting and doing this and they're always free. They always, they're always around for lunch when I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, like, no, there is a lot. You know, yeah. I've had sleepless nights. Where I'm like, oh, I'm not getting a guaranteed paycheck. That's scary. Yes. And, you know, like recognise Amy and don't if you love what you do and that is an employed job. You've won the lot. Like, that's winning yeah. as well. Like, as yeah. much as anyone else. Like, that's great. Yeah, the guarantee paycheck at the yeah, end of the Yeah, and you <laughs> love it. I'm good. That's it. No, I think that's really key. And it's kind of why I put it in there in my statement, because I've probably been exactly like you that I was thinking, you know, everyone needs to know about this. Everyone should have the life they mm. want and things like that. But like you say, the life they want may be as simple as being a stay-at-home mum, being an employed person with a guaranteed paycheck, and don't want any kind of side hustle. Again, I'm, I'm assuming most of the people who listen to this yeah. do want something else. But I think it's also like if your partner or family members don't get it or they don't want it themselves, that's okay. And being understanding yeah. of the other people around you who, maybe, like I say, don't get it, don't understand, but actually, you know, they're still your supporters. They'll still be there for you. Yeah, that's it. I think it's a support. Like yeah. if there's someone who doesn't get it and they always question it you're like oh but are you gonna get a proper job now are you gonna do that's that's not positive yes but someone you know like just allowing like oh yeah like come on you can do this i'm gonna go into my job yeah (laughs) so if we if it doesn't all work i can afford our life (laughs) no i agree with that like Mm. it's you can have completely different sort of outlooks but still be supportive of each other and that's really key yeah yeah exactly um so yeah it's definitely something i've learned along the way that you whoever it's right for is the is the message definitely that's cool i remember someone saying to me that like life, I guess, but in terms of business, you might have a kind of destination, which you do, but actually you can only ever see, say you're driving at night, you Mm. can only see the lights in front of you. So just Mm. know you're on the journey and you're constantly moving forward. Yeah. But actually you don't need to see the 50 miles ahead at the end of the journey. You just need to see the next 10 meters of that journey. Yeah. Progress. It should always be, if you want it to be, it should always be evolving and progressing. Yeah. Um, but don't beat yourself up if you don't have this really clear vision because mm. I don't. But I also have a real confidence that I know I will achieve this, yes. if that makes sense. I think yeah. that's, that's, that would be my thing. Yeah, I like it. Do you have a vision or a bigger why that you are working towards? Maybe it's what your life looks like, like you said, mm. like that kind of that end, um, what it looks like, the destination or... Has that been evolving? Um, is there a bigger reason for this all for you? Yeah, there definitely is. Like my, That is probably the clear vision. Mm-hmm. And that is I've always wanted quite a flexible, not travel lifestyle. I'm not like somebody who wants to travel. I want a flexible <laughs> living lifestyle. So I have this image of, you know, being able to spend three months living in Italy. And then I love Costa Rica. So being there for like four months and then, you know, maybe in Spain and Kind of in a settled way. And I'm not saying yes. it will always be three months, three months, three months. Yeah. Oh, that would be lovely. I'm not complaining if that's it. We'll take that. But that, that has definitely always been. I don't, 
I definitely don't want to live in the UK forever yeah. or permanently. Yes. Um, I do love London, so I probably will always have like a bolt hole there or something. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of it. I just want this flexibility. And I think that's also sometimes where my vision is not difficult for me because I want that. But I do love business as well. Mm. And it's like, oh, I almost have to remind myself not to put myself in a situation business-wise. Like, that's why so many ideas sort of come in. I'm like, oh, I do like it. Mm. But actually... Will it allow me to have that mm -hmm. level of flexibility? Because yeah. I actually will, or as quickly as I want that flexibility, yeah. because I will need to sort of be around to implement this and do that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the bigger businesses get, they do tend to require a little bit more initial input yeah. to allow the passive and the, you know, the amazing like laptop, laptop lifestyle, which can always be achieved. But, you know... You said we've known each other 20 years. I'm not getting younger. <laughs> um, so it's just that's kind of the balancing act that yeah. when my ideas come to me now, I have quite a not a literal checklist, but it's like, oh, my values are quite strong to me. Does it align with that? Oh, this is my life goal in terms of flexibility and where I want to live. Can it work with that? Okay. You know, so yeah, so my why is that that's lifestyle? Cool. But. Um, if you don't mind me asking, so again, Sharon asked about what values do you hold dear? So, of course, if you're saying that that's kind of part of your mental checklist more than anything yeah. are there any particular values that really you're like no that's not going to align with my values i've i can cross that one off yeah i mean kind of two <laughs> and one is well one is very much sustainability and that's yeah. kind of developed alongside my ebay thing i think i became very aware of fair fashion mm. because of ebay yeah i mean I, I was aware of it before but um not to the same level and i've read a few books and i think there's a documentary now i haven't actually seen that but um, about fair fashion and that align, like fortunately it aligns with my eBay business, yeah. um, you know, not sort of having this fast fashion where you just buy something and then chuck it and it's bad for the environment. But, you know, we talk about this a lot. I'm in every sense, like in terms of lifestyle, yeah. I'm quite into that. And I'm very aware there were ideas that maybe came before that now I would find mm. it really difficult yeah. to kind of fit into that box and, it's important to me and I, I think yeah. I go through ways like oh not is it important it, it is always important to me but actually yeah. you know like oh am I am I sort of shooting myself in the foot by cutting out all these ideas that other people mm. are probably going to take up and then I have to go like I don't care yes like they're my values there they go <laughs> like yeah. remember that and it's yeah. you know move on and that's definitely one and then another one and this is it's kind of, I think it stems back to the entrepreneur comment I made mm -hmm. really early doors um, which is, you know, like it's kind of that celebrity term now. Because mm. I I think it's great to share knowledge and teach others and there's nothing against that. Yeah. But I do, because like a few times my ex said it to me as well. He's like, oh, you need to do a course on eBay. And I, I do really want to. And I know we've discussed it. We have. <laughs> and, but I do have in my head, I'm like, I want to be at this level in yeah. terms of my income before I do that, yeah. I really, you know, like authenticity and integrity around that mm. is really important to me. I don't want, I don't want to be earning on just enough or I don't want to fudge the numbers. Like I sometimes see, and there's nothing wrong with this, but I've seen it on people I follow. Um, you know, they're like, oh, I've got a hundred grand business. And then it comes like, oh, but that's over six years. So you've got a, yeah. you know, and I was like, it's true. Yes. And I'm not taking away from that being yeah. true, but you know that that comes across the way that comes yeah, across. Yeah, it's not a six-figure a year. It's, yeah, yeah you've and got there eventually after six years, which which is amazing, exactly, of course. And I'm not taken away from that. No, exactly. No. And that's, like, incredible. Yeah. 
But I think that's just kind of my other yeah. value is I, yeah, yeah. I don't, I want to have integrity in yeah. what I do. So make sure when I do ever share, like, I mean, I share things free now. I'm yes. not saying I don't, no. but you know, if I ever charge for it or anything like that, like I want it to just know that I've kind of been successful yeah. in that. Yeah. They're my two values. Love it. So let's do some quick fire. Best and worst thing about working for yourself. Um, best thing, flexibility. Yeah. Like it definitely, even though I'm not flexible to travel like three months at a time. Yeah. You know, I am flexible. I can see people whenever I want. I can go on like holidays for two weeks as I need to and still earn. So that's lovely. It is the flexibility. The worst thing is the easier thing. The lack of social interaction for uh, me. Like I re I think my old job was so social. Yeah. Free bar. I can't stop going on about it. I miss it so much. I only got to enjoy this once. Like, <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, shame. Um, <laughs> but no, I do. Like, that was such a big element of, like, I think working in London is very sociable. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I really do miss that. And, like, mm. sometimes that's actually something I'm really conscious of this year, of going and forcing yeah. more social interaction. Like, because <laughs> sometimes you can get to the end of a day, especially when I, you know, I don't work with anyone else currently. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I need to see somebody. I need yeah. to talk to somebody. Yeah. I need to have do I it. spoken today? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do I still have a voice? Yeah. I love this question. I ask it to most of my interviewees. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, best advice you've received? Or maybe some advice you've come up for yourself with? Um, I, oh, God, so many. Um, <laughs> I guess the best advice is surround yourself with the five people you want to be the average of. Or yeah. you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Yes. And that's just so true. And that's not to say you need to surround yourself with like millionaires and that necessarily. It's even just yeah. positivity. Yes. If you're around someone who's like everything that happens is like, oh, this happened. It's just, <laughs> it puts you in such a rubbish mindset. Yeah. So I think like that is so fundamental to me. Like you need to make sure your sort of inner circle, preferably like outer circles too, but you know, your inner circle is a very like positive, motivating mm place whatever that looks like for you like it yeah. just, you know that isn't going to be like millionaires for everyone or yeah. etc it might just be someone who's like a great mom and like supports you in that yeah. but i don't know just make sure you don't surround yourself with people who don't get you or like your life yeah yeah indeed cool uh worst advice you've received um well apart from that woman at 13 telling me i shouldn't if yes. my hairdressing business um i think yeah i i never knew that I never knew you got told that back then. Yeah, it's really I've brought it up with my like with my dad loads. I don't know why yeah. we've spoken about it. Um but I guess um coming along a similar line, I remember when I was I think I'd quit my job, but maybe wasn't in a very sort of successful stage of having yeah. my own business, let's say. <laughs> As we all go through, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um and I, someone close to me, I can't remember who it was, or I won't mention the names. Um, kind of like, oh, you're not meant to love your job. Like people don't love their jobs. Like you don't need to. And I was like, I just remember thinking like, at least try, like a try to do something you mm. love. If then you have to go back and get another job, mm. like, okay, but don't, don't just settle. But that's the status quo. So therefore don't even attempt anything more. Like yeah. that's, that's a shame. Yeah. Like I'm not saying, you know, sometimes you have to go back and that's yeah. fine, but try. No, oh God, such a good point. Honestly, I've uh, so many years spent in jobs that I didn't like or working around people that were very demotivating. Yeah. And um, I remember actually um, my last, my final job as County Council before I left. Um, when I first started in the role, because uh, I'd only been in that particular role about a year before I ended up leaving, 
And uh, one of the guys there was an older gentleman and he was a great member of the team. And he mentioned to our manager, like, oh, Catherine's like such a ray of sunshine when she comes into the office. It was always like, hello and things like that. And I realised towards the end of my role, probably because, you know, it's a new role. You're, yeah. you're excited about it as well, equally. But definitely towards the end and realising it wasn't the role I thought it was going to be and doing the job I was going to. Yeah. And I was just like, I remember that he said that and because obviously my manager fed it back to me. And I was like, I'm not that person anymore and mm. I need to find her again. Yeah. So I think that's a really no, important, um, yeah, like I say, good piece of advice to give that actually you can enjoy what you do, whether that's employed or self-employed that's or kind business. Of it as well. It's like, even if it is an employed job, I know loads of people who have employed jobs that they love. Yeah. So like if, if what you do at the minute doesn't like make your heart sing or whatever the phrase is, yeah. go and get another employed job. Go and train to do something else. It's still mm. like secure, you know, you're still going to get like a monthly paycheck. Yeah. But find the thing that you enjoy. Yeah. Like for the love of God, like you spend yeah. so much time working. Well, this is it. <laughs> like, make exactly. sure you enjoy that period. Yeah. So true. Uh, of course, my final quickfire question has to be, what does a leveraged lifestyle mean to you? Um, I guess it's just making sure you design the life you want. Like mm. it's really, and that is so true. Like it has to be what you want. Don't let it be influenced by what other people want. It's recognizing your strengths, working to those, yeah. you know, sort of acknowledging what are your energy givers and takers and yeah kind of trying to balance them to get rid of the takers and like get more of the givers into your life and not just people I mean yeah. any activity any situation yes all of it um and I think it is really about being honest with yourself and like a self-awareness to mm. to accept that like some people like might love cleaning and you might listen to so many sort of leverage things like oh get a cleaner get a cleaner yeah you might find that a really like zen like buddhist yeah. moment like doing that it gives you the thinking time yeah but don't don't feel like you have to go and do that. Yes. It's all about designing the life you want. And if there's elements that you really dislike in your life, you should try and figure out a way to get rid of them I, yeah. by outsourcing, not just, yeah. I mean, maybe you can just get rid of them. That'd be yeah. awesome. I heard you with the ironing. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't iron. I don't iron. So I'm on that train. Um, oh, yes. But yeah, I just think it's designing the life you want and having yeah. the courage to be honest about what that is. Yeah, no, good point, good point. It's actually why we start the podcast is saying whatever a leveraged lifestyle looks like for yeah. you. Like what I'm very clear is that I'm not going to be the designer of anyone's life. What I hope to do is help you design the life that you want yeah. and give you the tools, techniques and um, practical resources, but also mindset to help you get those. And confidence, like confidence yes. in yourself together. Indeed, definitely. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Like I said, if you want to go and listen to the full version of the original interview, that is episode 32. Uh, you can go and listen to that right now. Or if you want to go and jump on Instagram, go and check out Emma and her Instagram page and what she's sharing there at Emma Jane D. And of course, while you're there, make sure you're following me at Catherine Ann T and share what you loved on this podcast uh, with your friends on your stories and uh, we'll add it to ours as well. Uh, take care. I hope you enjoyed. And as I always say I believe there's no better time than now to start creating your leveraged lifestyle.